by Gomez. Breaks for Salah, and Liverpool have numbers. Mo Salah, Alexander has the Ah, relax. Arsenal have maintained their place at the top of the Premier League table after a thrilling draw at Anfield. I hate this game. I love this game. I hate this game. I love this game. I am exhausted, ladies and gents, boys and girls. I don't know about you guys. I am an emotional mess. I am mentally spent. I am relieved that we have managed to get a point at Anfield. But looking back on the game, we caused a lot of that stress ourselves. Liverpool, I didn't think, had their best day. Uh, if you look back at the game, you'd probably think they were quite ordinary. But points have been shared at Anfield. We go into Christmas, top of the league, and it is a great place to be. If you have recovered and you've had your supper, or if you're having lunch wherever you are around the world, or if you just stayed up to listen into this madness, come and request the mic. Have your say. What did you make of the performance? What did you make of... Saliba winning man of the match, is he comfortably now the best defender in the world, as I think so? Sinchenko has taken pelters all over socials. Is it justified? Is it deserved? What else can Mikel Arteta do? And for the first time in a few games, I looked at our bench today thinking, oh, we're a bit thin. We might need one or two bodies in January just to kind of reinforce our title credentials. But there we have it. The scene is set. Let's bring in our co-host, Wayne. Only 24 hours after our pre-match phone in which we did last night, which was immense fun. But today I feel absolutely shattered, not going to lie. How are you feeling, my man? Ah, oh, just about caught my breath back, man. Um, that was that was some, some game. How are you doing? I'm uh, exhausted. Uh, I mean, look, listen, victory for, for either of these sides would have put them uh, top of the table at Christmas, but we had to settle for a point each. We got off to an electric start, you know, Jurgen Klopp with the rallying call to the fans in midweek saying that we needed Anfield on its toes and this, that and the other. Three, four minutes on the clock, Gabriel rising and towering home. Perfect start. And then you know, Liverpool, we knew they would claw themselves back into the game. And it was a long ball from Trent, a great ball from Trent. Not really a mistake from Sinchenko, but all too easy for Salah to pull back on his left. And what a shot into the roof of the net. Half-time, Wayne, I thought, I'm not ready for another half of this, I'll be honest with you. Um, we haven't even talked about the penalty, uh, the handball shout, which a lot of people are weirdly saying that it was a, a dead penalty. Um, second half came out, I thought Liverpool flew out of the blocks, Wayne, and at that mo moment, I think we were on the ropes, you know, and I, I thought, OK, if they're going to break through here, th this could be curtains, but we managed to hold our nerve, we managed to get back the control in the game, and we could have won it, you know, we had a couple of real drilled balls across the penalty area, and Gary Neville picked up on it, you know, where's the darting run at the back post, Freddie Lundberg-esque, to pick up the pieces and give us the three points, but listen, I can't complain, it's a point at Anfield, and on paper, it's a tough place to go, and uh, it's now beyond us. Yeah, for sure. And I think if you think back to, what, six or so months ago, when we came away with a draw at Anfield in the in the run-in, I think it's a, a much more positive feeling. Um, at the end of the day, it's still both both results come come out with a point, but it's a lot more positive than, than that 2-2 draw last season. But I do have to disagree with you on a couple of things. And I look forward to hearing what Gav has to say and what all our callers have to say um, this evening. Because first of all, Zinchenko, I know you said it wasn't really a mistake. The mistake was before the tackle. He's not in line with the rest of his defenders because he's not a defender. And then he's panicking. 
He's completely all over the place. And just that waft of an attempt at a challenge is just embarrassing. You see better on Sunday league pitches. And the second thing I'm going to disagree with you is, you said weirdly people are saying it's a dead penalty. It's a penalty. And I know we're going to be biased about it because we're Arsenal fans. I think we've got very, very lucky with that one. On the flip side, though, I'm very annoyed that Bukayo Saka didn't go down because I think we would have had a stonewall penalty ourselves. But it'll be interesting to hear what everyone else thinks about it. Or is that when he broke through on Alisson? Yeah, I think either Joe Gomez or Alisson, someone's got a foul on him. And I think he gets the ball ahead of Alisson before it goes back to Martinelli. You can't be on it. Like, he's a lovely, lovely guy. He's a lovely kid. But Bakayo Saka, you can't be honest in those situations. You've got to go down. Yeah, I remember what you were talking about. The, the Gomez bit, it looked like he, he took a bit of a nudge from the defender. Could have gone down there and, of course, his right foot was touched by Alisson, but he decided to stay on his feet. And Martinelli, of course, missed. Um... Yeah, listen, uh, lots to talk about tonight. Um, Sinchenko has taken a lot of criticism tonight. We know that it's a high-risk, high-reward system for Arteta. We know that Mikel likes to to play that game. He's so good when he inverts into midfield and gives us that overload and helps us in attack. But it's games like these where there are fine margins. And listen, I'm just relieved that, that, you know, they, that they found space down that side time and time again. And, and Neville was spot on in commentary, Wayne. Like, we were trying to be too cute in that in that second half. Like, we were trying to pass our way dribble our way out of uh, trouble and Liverpool you know they, they tackled us four times in our own defensive third and we just invited trouble but I can see the emojis are, are already gushing uh, Wayne Boogie Nick Richard Eggbon MSJ Jake Mushy P all waiting to have their say if you are too shy to request the mic please do tweet Latte Firm I will read out the tweets as we go into tonight's show sorry before uh, Gav, we hear from Gav did you just say Wayne Wayne is you're waiting to hear from Wayne. You just heard from me. Are you are you going a bit senile there, old man? Wayne, what are you talking about? I said MSJ and Jake. You said I, I thought I heard Wayne. My bad. My bad. Oh, I think you might be going senile. It must be the Christmas Pringles, FK. It must be the Christmas Pringles. <laughs> Do you know what? You might even be right. Gav, welcome to the show, mate. It's good to have you back. How are you feeling straight after the uh, points are shared at Anfield? Yeah, I mean, quite calm about it, really, mate. Uh, I was expecting a draw. To be fair, I predicted a draw, and I thought the draw was probably the fair result as well. Uh, our left-hand side suffered tonight. I don't think we was uh, particularly good, Zinchenko or Martinelli, uh, down there. Uh, I don't think Zinchenko would have started if there was any options either. Uh, but it just it was what it was. I mean, we started the first half good. They started the second half good. We both had bits towards the end of the first half and the middle of the first half. And they had bits in the second half as well. Uh, I thought going towards the end of the game, we we was looking the more fitter, the more stronger. Uh, and it was begging for Arteta to make a few substitutes a little bit earlier. But it was what it was. Anfield is a very, very bad place. I think I read somewhere it's like 11 years or something since we've won up there. Uh, so, yeah, it's a point. It's another hard away game off the calendar, over and done with. Uh and top for Christmas. Who does not like being top for Christmas? Well, on that point, there are teams who have been top at Christmas that have not gone on to win the league. But listen, I'm like you, mate. I'm not gonna. Um, I'm not gonna knock it. I think uh, being top at any point in the season is something you got to take. And a point at Anfield is a good result. Listen, uh, prior to today's game, we've been to Anfield over the last ten years, like you say, Gav, ten times, drawn three, lost seven. Uh, we've conceded almost on average three goals a game in our last 15 encounters against Liverpool. So to come away with a point 
and to do it in quite a nice fashion where Liverpool, you know, their XG was less than one. And that's by far the lowest XG they've had at Anfield this season. And that's that, you know, There are positives to take out of today's game. We're going to go to Richard as our first caller, but Wayne's got his hand up. Wayne. Yeah, I'm not going to let you get away with the... I'm not going to let you get away with this one early up, FK. Um, before we hear from Richard, as you said, he's going to be our first caller of the evening. Sky Sports gave Saliba man of the match. I think maybe Declan Rice is winning the Arsenal vote at the moment, although I've not, not checked on it recently. Who was your man of the match and why? Oh, Saliba, no doubt. Saliba for me is, I've said it a few times now, Wayne, on the channel over the last sort of three to six months. Um, for me, the best young player I've, I've, I've ever seen, man. What this guy is doing and his position at this age, at this stage, he's phenomenal. And for me, he is comfortably the best centre-back in the game. He's unbelievable, unbelievable. So for me today... Um, Saliba man of the match just played with ease man and to hear Jamie Carragher and Gary Neville both orgasming over every sort of touch control and you know I think they learned they realised today that Saliba has now knocked everyone off that perch he is number one you? For me it was Gabriel I thought Saliba was fantastic but I thought Gabriel was as good if not just a bit better he edges it with the goal um, which put us in the lead, but he had to do the job of two defenders today with Zinchenko on the pitch, and you saw the difference. Zinchenko went 1v1 against Saliba, gets beat, and it's 1-1. Gabriel goes up against him, I think it was three times, once in the first half, once in the second half, and beats him every time, and stops it, shuts it down, and then Salah has to move into the middle. I thought that was a silly move from Klopp, but I think a lot of that was because Gabriel didn't give him any sort of, any sort of sight at all on goal in that second half, and I think Saliba is the better player. He does sort of the passing, the smoothness, the silkiness that just gives him the edge on Gabriel. But Gabriel is his right-hand man, or in this case, left-hand man. And I think he deserves a lot more praise and a lot more credit and a lot more love than than, than a lot of pundits and, and people give him credit for. So for me, it was Gabriel. Yeah, listen, uh, I can't knock Gabriel at all. And with you know, without him, Saliba's not quite the Rolls-Royce, but I think there are moments in games where you just look at Saliba and he takes your breath away. The way he's so calm, composed, uh, he's got everything. The, the the strength, the ability to read the game, the composure, his guile, there's a finesse to his game. He's just, mate, I mean, he's uh, he's unbelievable. Uh, Richard, welcome to tonight's show. First call. Go on, Gav. What? You don't, you don't ask me who the man of matches these days. We'll come to you, mate. Don't you worry. Don't you worry. Oh, right, Jesus. <laughs> Go on, Gav. Who's your man of the match? Get it out of the way. Well, I, I was going to pull you up on the fact, mate, that uh, show me age here, but uh, Tony Adams actually man actually captained a title-winning team. Younger age, mate, he was captain of the league. I love Tony Adams. I love the fact that he was <laughs> when he was 12. I don't care. I think Saliba's levels, mate. Absolutely levels. Yeah, no, he is. And uh, to be fair, you're both right about man of the match. Do you know what I mean? I can't split the pair of them. Anyway, hello, Richard. Hi, guys. How you doing? Not too bad, Rich. How are you feeling after tonight's game? Are you, are you exhausted? Well, I, I didn't go to the games. I felt ill last, last night, so I had to cancel. I had to sell my tickets. But um, I watched the game on the TV, and um, it was a very nervy game from both teams. I think I think Arsenal especially looked really nervy in the, in, in the first or 60 minutes of the game. We were making really sloppy errors in the middle of the pitch. Um, and my heart was in my mouth a few times with Zinchenko in the second half. Um, but I just feel, I, I, you know, it was a great draw. It was a great draw. I'm happy with that result. Um, like, like Gav says, top at Christmas. You can't, you can't moan about that. Um, 
you know, we're in a good position now, half almost halfway through the season. Um and we, we know where we need to strengthen. I think I think it's obvious that left back position is is a weakness for us. I think if Zinchenko plays against a big team away from home, I think he needs more cover or we or we can't play him. It's um I think we know it's a, it's a difficult it's a difficult one to play him in these these games. Let's talk about Zinchenko, Rich, because we have got the cover in the squad in terms of numbers. You know, Tommy Asu is there, Jurian Timber is there, KT is obviously on loan at the moment. I don't know if there's a recall option, but I mean, uh, you know, Mikel likes to play this high re- high risk, high reward game. You know, Zinchenko, we know what he does against most teams when he inverts and tucks in, allows us to do- you know overload that midfield and control games. But you're right, in the biggest games where the margins margins are the finest. Teams, the best teams will look to exploit that space in behind. But I mean, what what does Mikel do? Because is it a case of having two left backs, you know, two for two for two different game scenarios? I mean, can Arteta persist with Zinchenko and still win silverware? I, I think we just need a. I think these away games, tough away games. We need we need a left back who can actually defend. Like he took some massive risks in the last half now of the game, and 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 I don't know how we got through that game drawing it, but. I think maybe maybe play Kivio at left back. You know, I know Timber was bought and it's unlucky because Mikel had him in mind to to play in that position. Um, but I don't think Timber's going to be ready for another two two three months. So, mm-hmm. you know, why not play Kivio in the in the away games and maybe play Zinchenko slightly forward? Do you think Kivio though handles Salah really sincerely? <sighs> I mean, I'm not saying, who, who, I'm not who saying can. Zinchenko handled him today. I think Sinchenko, what you know, caused me a lot of stress. To be fair, but does give your? I don't know, mate. It's so difficult. I mean, Salah. I read. A, I read a post from Tim Stillman, uh, who many of you will know. You know, Sinchenko didn't actually make a mistake in that sort of goal. Salah does that to most left backs week in, week out. Like, does having you know, Tommy Asu did silence Salah, I guess, over ninety minutes once. But you know, is that is that more of the exception? Yeah, I mean it's hard. I mean, I mean, I suppose if Gabriel had stepped over them, you know, maybe everyone would say Gabriel man of the match, I suppose. And and you know, he he did need help in that situation, and and we all knew Salah always comes on his left foot. Um, but it was a bit, it was a bit schoolboy defending, to be honest. Uh, it's just, it's just not a defender. <laughs> as simple as that. He's just, he's great going forwards, but you, you take a massive risk in his games. Mm. Who was your man of the match today, Rich? Um, I think I think Saliba. By, by far. Um, I thought Declan Rice had another 9 out of 10 performance, but I think it's a Libra. Definitely, definitely best, best player. Yeah, and just before you go, mate, you said in your call, look, it's nice to be top at Christmas. Has today's performance done anything to reinforce your belief in our title challenge, or are you not thinking that far ahead? Look, I mean, I, th- I think we, we, we played better last season at the same stage, and, and we're still top, so you know, I think we're in good position. We've got, we got Spurs away, City away, and United away. Uh, till the end of the season, which is probably the, the three toughest away games on paper. But um, I think we're in a great position. Uh, you know, I can't argue about that. I think, you know, win our home games, um, we're looking good. Appreciate that, Rich. And I appreciate you, my friend. I hope you feel better soon. Merry Christmas to you and your loved ones. Uh, Wayne, let's rip off the Sinchenko plaster. Um, he's taking pelters tonight. And Rich has just come on saying, look, you know, we need a more defensive left-back in these big games where, you know, games can be won or lost by a single goal. And, of course, Liverpool, when you've got a player like Mo Salah in that position on their right-hand side, our left-hand side, it can be deadly, and it was. Are you? Do you have any sympathy 
towards Mikel Arteta for trying to play the game that he does. Do you do you think we should address this in Jan? I mean, how many more left backs can we have in the squad? You know, Timber, Tomiyasu, Tierney, who we can recall. I mean, at, like at what point do you just think, right, we we just got to stick with Zinni? Um, I'm not. I don't feel sympathy. It's the first part of your question. I don't feel sympathy with Mikel at all. This is a situation he's made on his own, and it's not a negative one really because. For I guess eighty percent of games, Zinchenko is perfectly fine um, and is probably more of a positive than a negative. The situation that I don't feel sympathy for is a he kept Tomiyasu around, even if you consider Timber's potential left back um, coming in when he's fully fit. That injury is going to happen. It's very very unlucky. But with Tomiyasu, you know exactly that he's going to break down with an injury at some point. You had an opportunity to address it before sort of the you know that Tim Tomiyasu is going to break down we needed another defender in January even with Timber coming in anyway you had the opportunity to do that and there was ample opportunity to take Zinchenko off the pitch today I understand your question with Kivior do you think Kivior could handle Mo Salah it's not about handling Mo Salah I don't think many defenders can handle Mo Salah but he will defend space and he will defend areas a lot better than Zinchenko does and not be caught out and physically if Salah does get the better of him, I trust Kivior to do what Gabriel does, which is step across, be strong, and at least make it a little bit difficult. Zinchenko just basically waved him on through for, for the goal today, which was really, really disappointing. Um, the, the difficulty is, I think we've got bigger things to address in January than Zinchenko, but Zinchenko in these games are a liability. Uh, like Richard said, we've got three big away games, Old Trafford, the Etihad and Spurs. I think at Spurs, you can kind of get away with Zinchenko playing because they just are gung-ho and very sort of risk-reward themselves. So you can kind of get away with him there. At Old Trafford and Etihad, you kind of have to hope that Tomiyasu is fit or you have to hope that Timber is back. But I'm not going to hold my breath on that. And I think we need to be looking in January, if we are looking at a defender, someone that can cover Ben White because he had another poorish game. And I think a lot of that is down to the fact that he's probably carrying knocks and is very, very fatigued due to the fact that Tomiyasu is down injured. So, yeah, we need to be looking at right-back slash Saliba cover more than Zinchenko at the moment. But I do think next summer it needs to be something that we just move on from him, a bit like we moved on from Tierney, a bit like we're moving on from Thomas Partey. On the Kieran Tierney thing, I've had this discussion with Mike, who is has requested in, and we'll hopefully hear from him a bit later. Um, Tierney's just not good enough on the ball. Yes, he's a fantastic defender, but... He's not good enough on the ball anymore. I don't need him to be Zinchenko level, but at least do what Tomiyasu does. And Tin can't do that. So he'd be a liability on the other end. So I wouldn't say that he's considered an option either. Gosh, when you say it like that, um, there's a bit of a crisis that Arsenal have there if we want to go for the league. Uh, let's see what others have to say. Um, Wally, welcome to the post-match phone in here on Latte Firm. How you feeling, man? Uh, is that two points dropped or a point gained? Um, oh, uh, difficult question, you know. Obviously, we were speaking last night and I was telling you that as a neutral, I would expect us to go there and and win, looking at the data and looking at kind of where we are, how we play, compared to how they've been, um, where you'd say probably a lot of the time they've been bailed out by their goalkeeper um, <clears throat> throughout the season. So, yeah, I mean, I, w I, I was hoping that with the number of injuries they've got, they had Robertson out, uh, Thiago's obviously out, McAllister was out, uh, Matip was out. So, you know, the, looking at those kind of players, those are th those are important players for them. We really should have probably won that game. But having said that, given how we've played in Anfield over the years, 
it still feels like the only the only reason we drew that game um, is mostly because we've got a mental block there uh, and we're not so secure down that left-hand side, which makes us nervous. Um, and in the end, that, that kind of cost us. Tim Stillman has just tweeted and Wayne shared it very kindly. He says, look, I have to say fair fuck to Sinchenko. He had a rocky start to the second half, but he could have totally lost his arsehole. And we've been... So many games, Wally, where like Tavares as left back and so many other left backs over the years, Kalasinac, where, you know, you let in one or two and then our asses go and it's just like, you know, the, the, the floodgates opened. Sinchenko did find his game again in the second half. You've got to give him credit for that. But I, I think you're right. You know, you've talked for months now about every team wanting to exploit us down that left-hand side. And I think we got away with one today. Yeah, I mean, listen... Mo Salah, that guy is an unbelievable footballer, right? Okay, the way he takes down that cross, right? Okay, um, he could he could do that to a lot of defenders. But my my gripe here is the fact that <clears throat> Zinchenko, the moment he faced up to him, he had zero conviction. As in, he was just like, right, this guy's so good, and I'm so rubbish at defending. I'm not even gonna try. I just didn't feel like he didn't even give him a, give him a challenge. Right, okay, as soon as he cut in, right, he just flicked a foot out for no reason, just almost kind of like a it was like a gesture really. And that's what that's what really annoyed me. But listen, the fact of the matter is that at the beginning of the season, Mikel Arteta went out, he brought Julian Timber, who we all thought was gonna play as a right back. But then we're seeing him on the other side. He he had a really great game against City in the in the shield. And that spoke volumes about where Arteta sees Zinchenko. And let's not forget, when just before we bought Zinchenko, Lissandro Martinez was the guy that Arteta wanted. So he's never been his first choice. So it's not like Arteta doesn't realise the fact that this guy has limitations. You know, he he, he can he can cost us. Um, but going back to that conversation that you were saying, would Kivio have done better? I think he would have done better. I think he would have, if if at the very least, he wouldn't make us feel defensively nervous, right? And that that thing is always playing at the back of our heads every time they attack. Our, our, you know, we might concede down that side. We have to maybe adjust ourselves a little bit. Whereas last season, for example, with the game at the Emirates, we didn't have to worry about that when we put Tommy Yasu up against him. You know, we were fairly comfortable knowing that he can deal with him. Yeah, mate, listen, I can't disagree with, with what you're saying. It, it all seems very logical. I just don't know what Mikel's going to do. He has a um, persistence, I think, to want to go with Zinni at left-back and to, to create that overload in midfield. Maybe if Thomas Partey comes back in the second half of the season, we can we can think about alternatives because Timber's going to be a while. Uh, Wally, in terms of our title aspirations, the league table stands as follows. Arsenal are top, 18 games played, 40 points. Liverpool now climbing to second, uh, overtaking Villa, who, of course, drew last night on, on goal difference. Now Liverpool are in second. They are a point behind us. Uh, Villa, obviously, third, also on 39 points. The Scum, who managed to scrape past Everton today, climbing to fourth. But Manchester City, champions of the world, are in fifth place and they have a game in hand. Win that game in hand. They are three points behind. It's turning into a uh, bit of a you know, an old-fashioned Barclays Premier League title race. What are your thoughts on, on and how the race might unfold? Um, City are always kind of going to be a danger. We know what they're capable of. However, they, they're they missing um, some players 
that have done it for them over the years. Okay, players like Riyad Mahrez, players like Gundogan, they used to come up clutch in real, real tough times. And I look at that team now and I think they've not really replaced those guys, right? Okay, or they're still in the process of working through replacing them. So it's going to be a lot tighter. And if you're in the, we're getting to the halfway stage of the season where you might, and we might go in with about 43 points. So you're looking at maybe... 85 to 80 to 85 to 90 points wins you the league right okay that's a bit lower than than recent than what we've seen in recent times and everyone if you compare how they were this time last season has have uh have have lower points uh after 17 18 games but i think we look the more the most um we look the most best fit to uh to to, to, to go to go all the way we've got players coming back um Obviously, once Afcon is over, hopefully Tommy Asu will be back fit. Um, we really need to invest uh, in at least one attacker, I think, uh, over the January period. But this January period will really define the title aspirations for us, for Liverpool as well. Because for me, they are one defensive midfielder short of really turning up and saying, right, we are one of the favourites for the title. And from what I've seen today, I mean, you know, a midfield of Endo... Uh, like Curtis Jones, you know, they they held their own. You have to give them respect for that. And, you know, if they invest right, then it could get tight. But I I fancy us to win the league this season. Oh, Wally, man. Just when you feel you're out, he just reels you straight back in. I love that. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Really appreciate you waiting patiently and having your say. So many people are also waiting to have their say. We're going to go to the tweets. But before we do that, let's bring in Gav. Gav, your thoughts on the whole Zinchenko situation? Because you know you've been following the club, you've been you know been 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 at games since the old Herbert Chapman days. Um, <laughs> you know, what, you've probably seen a few defenders in your time. What are your thoughts on on Zinchenko? He's just not a left back. It's that simple. He ain't a left back in any way, shape, or form. Uh, it's how Arteta wants to set this up with this inverted role and blah blah blah. But he's just not a left back. I mean, you look at Ashley Cole, Nigel Winterburn, proper left backs. Do you know what I mean? But the game's changed. You're not just having left backs who are bombing down and sort of, you know, keeping the uh, the chalk line on the uh, on the side of their boot. Do you know what I mean? They're they're supposed to come in. They're supposed to play the ball more. And yeah, but he's he's just not a traditional left back in any way, shape, or form. And it's the tough away games where you need a traditional left back. You need somebody who knows how to defend, how to keep the line. And he doesn't. Do you know what I mean? He, he's never going to learn how to do it. So you can't really blame him. You have to really blame the system that Arteta wants to play. And that system's top of the league. So who are we to argue about it? Mm, indeed. Before we go to our next caller, Eggbon, let's just go through some of the tweets. Matthew Llewellyn was first to tweet in tonight. He is at MattLew15. He says, at Latte Firm, a really entertaining game this evening. Two teams going at it and trying to win. Sinchenko is and always was going to be a liability tonight. We rode our luck at times. Both teams could have won it in the end. But we come away with a point. Still top. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you as well, Matthew. Thanks for taking the time to tweet in. Shane, who is at Guna underscore Shane MC, says... Jesus' chance in the first couple of minutes. Martinelli not attacking the far post and poor performance from, from Zinni and White. So much room to improve, but we'll take the point. Listen, I think when we are in a position where we will take a point at Anfield, um, that is a very, very good situation to be in. Um, Cleve West Town says at Latte Firm, would it not have been, been worthwhile 
bringing Kivior on at left-back to try and shore up that left-hand side. Centre-backs were immense. Decent point, all things considered. Uh, listen, I'm not saying you're suggesting this, but you know you can't really bring on Kivior once you go one nil up after five minutes. I think, as Tim Stillman said, um, Tinchenko did grow back into his game in the second half, but you know the damage could have been done sooner. I completely appreciate that. Stuart Connell, who is at AFC underscore Stu underscore, says, happy with that. Saliba is different class. Gabby was super solid. What a pairing. And Randy, who is at underscore Randy AFC, says, I'll take this draw with both hands and feet. Rice, Saliba, Gabriel, excellent defensive work. And the solidarity we showed throughout the game was top. On to the next Latte Firm, hashtag late night latte. Thanks very much, Randy, for joining. Really appreciate that. Uh, Eggbon, welcome to the show. We spoke last night on the pre-match phone-in. How are you feeling 24 hours later? Uh, hi everyone. Um, not too bad. I mean, there were um, times where I thought that um, we could have walked away with three points. Um, Mika Teta still hasn't won at Anfield and we move again. So I'm not too worried about it. Like I said last night, um, I wasn't too um, nervous or anything like that. But uh, I think we played a good game and it was a, it was a, it was a good watch all around. It was a good watch. It was a bit end-to-end in the end for my liking. And there was a moment where Liverpool broke away at quite a you know catastrophic comedic moment when Zinchenko and Odegaard collided and they broke like the red arrows. And of course, Trent Alexander-Arnold hit the bar. Did you think there were moments in the game that we could quite easily have lost that, but also quite easily could have won that? Yeah, 100%. Um, I, and just, just a sidebar, I, I want you guys to watch that clip again. There's so many things to to learn about the way that we are as a team um, from that little clip where they have like five players running on Declarize alone. There's the Saliba Nunes um, race. Um, if you guys haven't noticed, uh, Saliba won that race, of course. Um, and which is very, very surprising because I thought Nunes would be faster, but, you know, for some reason. And then there was the fact that Rice was so intelligent with how he didn't commit. And... If you watch again, you will see how close he was to actually um, sort of blocking the trench shot that hit the bar. That's how that's how fast he was um, across when when Salah released the ball. And I just think that I'm so thankful that we have them um, both, uh, Rice and Saliba. I do think Gabriel was the man of the match, but it, it's just so interesting to to look at that clip and notice the different things that that was going on. But regards um, the game in general, of course, there were times. I think the 10 or 15 minutes after they had scored where they, they were dominant, um, I was totally comfortable in the second half. And I, I don't know that um, if it was another team, we wouldn't have taken off with three points. So I'm happy. I appreciate that. Igbon. Listen, have yourself a Merry Christmas, my friend. Thanks for joining us on the pre-match phone-in last night. And of course, tonight's post-match phone-in. Bearded Black Man, welcome to the show. You're next up. The mic is yours. What would you like to say? Are you there, my friend, if you want to unmute yourself? At Beyond Arsenal, are you there? Can you see him, Wayne? No, it's just uh, staying connected on um, this side, so don't know if there's maybe some connection issues or... Not to worry. Let's, let's wait to see if he can join. But let's bring in Mushy P, who's been wait, waiting since the very start. Mushy, welcome, my friends. How are you feeling tonight? Oh, no. Don't tell me we're having issues with uh, No, I think I think Mushy P is here. He just needs to come off mute. Mushy, are you there, brother? 
He's on mute on mine. Unmute yourself, my right, Sorry about that, guys. Sorry, sorry about we, we, we just taking care of business in the toilet. No, no. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, about today's game. Um, yeah, very tense second half. Very tense. And I said this again after the Aston Villa game. I noted all the mistakes Zinchenko's made throughout this season. Um, there was Fulham goal. There was the Wolves one. There was two. I mean, it's he's off East. Again, it's so oh. obvious. You, you can play Kivior there at left back. He did it against Luton. And he had a decent performance. Away from home, a top team like Liverpool, where Mohamed Salah is firing, you have to be more uh, you have to be more defensive. And Zinchenko, like you said, all the things he does going forward, great. West, gets West Ham on um, just after Boxing Day, plays Zinchenko left back. I have no issues with that whatsoever. When you go away from home against one of the top teams in the league, you have to play Kivio. I know we have injuries in Timbo and Tomiyasu, who I think are infinitely better defenders than Zinchenko and would definitely play in if they were fit. But for me, it's time to say to Zinchenko, you can play when we play against the weaker teams or if there are any weaker teams in the league, and especially at home. But against the top teams, we need to be uh, absolutely solid. Fair enough. I think that's going to split opinion tonight. Uh, Mushy, let's talk about positives. Yes. Um, obviously, look, a point away from home at Anfield. Jurgen Klopp called for it to be, you know, heated and spicy and mm-hmm. everyone on their toes and whatnot. We got off to the perfect start. In the end, we couldn't hold out for the three points, but it is a point gained, right? Absolutely. I took. I was saying to my wife today, I will easily take a point away to Anfield. Last season, I wouldn't because Liverpool were nowhere near as good as they were. They are, they are this season. It's a fantastic point away from home. It keeps us top. It keeps the momentum going. And uh, we should be pretty proud that defensively we were extremely, extremely resilient today. Yeah, just another question as we look ahead to West Ham, mate. Kai Havertz picked up his fifth booking, means he misses that game. Yeah. Who's coming in for you? Uh, I would say initially at, at kickoff, I would actually play Trossard in there because I think we'll be on the front foot for most of the games. And if we do uh, hopefully go up 1-2-0, maybe up, um, then to sort of kill the game and just calm the game, then uh, get Jorginho off the bench for him. Mm, interesting. I, I looked at the bench today, uh, Mushy. Thanks for your call, by the way, mate. A Merry Christmas to you and your loved ones. I looked at the bench today, uh, Wayne and Gav, and thought for the first time in a long time, it's a little bit thin. Uh, you know, Martinelli was taken off. I thought that was a really confusing substitution. I thought Martinelli looked dangerous all afternoon. But maybe Arteta wanted a bit more ball retention with, uh, with Trossard's close control. I just looked, you know, nobody else really that can come off the bench and make that difference. Uh, I wonder that, you know, if that's something that we need to address in Jan. Uh, Gav, same question to you. Kai Havertz will miss out against West Ham uh, this coming Thursday. What are you doing in the team? Ooh, just for kicks. Jorginho, a defensive midfielder, and play Rice uh, in the uh, the left the left side in number eight role. Just because it will really wind the West Ham supporters up to see him higher up on the pitch and in and around the box all the time. Mm, yeah, while well, he's giving you the old uh, round of applause there. Uh, Wayne, same thing well, for you, no. no-brainer? I think that's what Mikel Arteta would do. Um, if I had my choice, though, I'd keep I'd keep Rice at the six and I'd look to play and get Emil Smith-Rowe some minutes against West Ham. Um, I'd play Emil Smith-Rowe there. The way that we've changed our tactical approach recently with Erdegaard dropping deeper um, and getting involved in build-up play more, it would kind of allow Smith Rowe to not do that side of things and play higher up. And I think he would link up a bit more with Martinelli on that left-hand side, who has been struggling for form. I, I agree with you. I was a bit surprised by the substitution. I thought 
he was wasteful in the final third, but he was very direct and he was very threatening um, whenever he had the ball. But we need him to start strike, sort of striking form now. And I think Emil Smith Rowe in the West Ham game against a team that don't really play well away from home and don't really look to play football, I think he he would he would do good and give us a nice sort of 60, 70 minutes. Am I right in suggesting that Gabby Martinelli's only scored twice in the league this season? Yeah, you are. I think he's got two in the league and three in the Champions League or maybe two in the Champions League as well, which is absolutely crazy when you consider he was the main man during our run in last year. But I think, although he's not scored as much, I'd be more concerned if his performances had completely dropped off. And I think majority of the time they haven't. He's just been very wasteful. And I, a lot of it, I think Mikel Arteta needs to get him closer to goal and he'll do a lot more damage. Yeah, I'm just having a read of, <clears throat> excuse me, Gabby Martinelli's stats. Uh, 16 games a season, two goals in the Premier League, uh, both coming with his right foot. Uh, he has hit the woodwork once and he's got two assists. Um, so listen, if we're going to have any sort of success in the second half of the season, uh, you'd hope that Gabby Martinelli can really pick up the pace a little bit and get back to what he was, where he was last season. Uh, let's go across the pond. Boogie, welcome to tonight's post-match phone-in. How you feeling, big man? You've been uh, full of emoji praise for our callers so far. Yeah, absolutely. Um, hi, everybody. Hi, Wayne. Hi, um, Gav. Good to have you back, uh as well. Hi, FK. Um, this is not a Zinchenko slated call. I'm going to come to his defense because Zinchenko, Zinni, is not a defender. That's number one. Number two, um, the manager chooses to play him right there for a reason. Number three, we're top of the league for a reason. Number four, Gabby Martinelli doesn't drop back to help him in defending. Number five, Mo Salah is world class. Number six, he's not going to be defending against Mo Salah every week. Do I need to go on? No. So here's what it is. Damn, We're not going to come came in on a, on a mad one today. He just dropped oh, the absolutely. Mic. We're going to come on this space. We're not going to slick Zinni because one of the reasons we're top of the league last season, we were challenging and this season we're doing very well is because Zinni gives us that overload. And even though he didn't have a good game today, yeah, no, we're not going to come on this space to slate Zinni because he couldn't defend against a world-class winger in Mo Salah. That is also because he wasn't getting help from Gabi Martinelli because that's how Mikel wants to play. Mikel wants Martinelli to stay up high as a threat so he doesn't ask him to come back. Luis Diaz was doubling up with Simicast to help out to defend against Saka. So Saka doesn't have a one-on-one because they recognized he was going to beat him. So they didn't want a one-on-one on that wing, one-on-one on the other wing. So what um, club did was, um, what's his name? Sorry, uh, Salah, you stay up. Don't go back and help Trent. Kanate, you cover up. It's all tactical. You got to understand what's going on. It's like a chess game. I love to play chess. It's like a chess game. It's a risk and reward tactics. I don't know why we come on, start um, complaining every time we're top of the league. So what else do we want? We need to understand that. We cannot have, um, we cannot eat our cake and have it, FK. The reason is it's soccer, it's football, right? There's always going to be room for improvement. If we didn't have Timber and um, what's his name, Tommy injured, we wouldn't be in this because guess what? 
Mikel is so smart that he also recognizes and sees everything that we see. So he went and got Timber. But we, he got injured. I'm extremely happy with the point. Because guess what? At Christmas, I was telling a lot of my friends, um, I have a friend coming in from Florida for Christmas. I said, guess what? You just got saved because we got a draw. If if not, my whole mood for, for the whole Christmas <laughs> weekend will just be spoiled. But I'll take you out tomorrow, take myself out tonight, because we're still top of the league, because it's usually there's a superstition that says the team that's top of the league at Christmas ends up winning the league most times. So we're still top of the league. Your ass got saved, so I'm still in a good mood. But guess what? We're not going to come on this space to start slating Zinni. There's a reason we're top of the league. The manager wants to play like that. The manager didn't ask uh, Gabi Martinelli to come back and defend. Wowzers. Boogs. Yes. Please remind me to never, ever cross you. That I felt that was heartfelt. <laughs> that was strong. That was said with conviction. Absolutely. Do you want me to go on? I gave you seven or eight so reasons. Far. If you want me to go on, FK, I can still give you a whole lot more. Because guess no, no, what? Listen, let, let, let's, let, you're right. Let's switch away from Zinni. I think, I think we've, we've discussed it now to death. Not just you, but all the callers so far. Let's right. focus on the positives, my friend. We talked last night in the pre-match phone-in. Ranfield, you know, the last 10 games we played them in the league, we've lost seven, drawn three. It was time to go there, get a result, make a bit of a statement. We couldn't win in the end, but it is a good point earned. Oh, absolutely. Last night, you laughed, and I I heard you asking um, Wayne that Boogs is so positive. I was so convinced we was going to keep a clean sheet and come up. I said last night my prediction was 2-0, and we started off like that. But guess what? What happened happened. I'm not going to be mad. I'm, it's still a good point. We went toe-to-toe. We earned our respect. It wasn't like last season when... The game from last season felt like we kind of... we kind of It was two points dropped because we was in control. We, we had that swag and everything. Guess what? We still have the best defense. What are we complaining about? We only conceded 16 goals this season. So now the manager has watched his... Everybody also needs to understand that we have a rookie manager who's still landing on the job. He's corrected from last season. We're more defensive. We're more solid. We're more matured. So he didn't bring on Jorginho today. He wasn't fit all week. He wasn't training. We also have to recognize that this is probably not our best team just yet. So the swag is really not there because we don't. We have injured players. Tell me if Tommy and Timber were fit today, Zinni was going to start. Absolutely not. Because the manager recognizes their threat. He knows Mo Salah is awesome. He's world-class. But guess what? Zinni's not going to be defending against Mo Salah every week. And he didn't ask Martinelli to double up to, to, come, to come back and defend. Clubs did the, the, the same thing on the other end with Saka. So guess what? The positives is we're still top of the league by Christmas. I'm buzzing. I'm excited. Mikel Oteta, I love him because he's a genius. It took me time. When he was appointed, yeah, I wasn't convinced. I have analyzed a lot of the things he's done, how he wants to play, and we there's a reason he's getting paid for the job and me and you are on the phone right now. And he's earned my respect. There is a reason, and he has earned all of our respect. Listen, Boogs, I appreciate you waiting so patiently and delivering such a masterclass in defense of a player. Can I just ask, Boogs, before we go, who is your Absolutely. man of the match tonight? And please don't say Zinchenko. <laughs> no, it's not. No, absolutely. It's not. So I'll tell you something, yeah, um, FK and everybody. 
I personally was completely frustrated with Zinni when he blasted and he had an open Gabi Jesus to his left that he should have squared the ball to and probably mm. he could have scored. I, I was completely frustrated and I just kept mourning over that. But guess what? You're not, we're not going to come on this space and slack Zinni. Absolutely. I'm not going to tolerate it and I'll defend him. I'm not a lawyer, but I, I'll defend him every single day of the week. Because guess what? We're still top of the league. The manager knows and he's smart enough to recognize the threat and everything. He didn't have his best game today. But guess what? One of our successes is based on how the manager wants to play in Zinni. That's number two. My Back to your question, yeah? My man of the match today was Gabriel because he scored. He was solid. I know, don't, don't get me wrong, right? Saliba is on another level. But the reason Gabby's going to get it is Gabby goes unnoticed. Gabby was dropped at the start of the season and everybody was moaning and yelling and what's Mikel doing? But we saw the difference. As soon as Gabby fixed his head, started training well and got his focus back, he makes the odd mistake. But today, he was he was awesome. He was he was right there. So I'm going to give oh. it to, to Gabby today. Boos, uh, I really appreciate that, man. Love for the call. Merry Christmas to you and your family. I hope you have a wonderful time this festive period. Wayne, ah, what a what a call from Boogs, man. He's brought the energy. He's brought the the defense. The defense rests, Your Honor, for Sinchenko. What a I mean, what a rallying cry. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But um, I don't think anyone slagged him off. I just think, regardless of the respect that we have for the club, for Mikel Arteta, and everything that we're doing, and the fact that we're we're top of the table, you have to call up things as you see it. And he's still a liability, sort of, more often than not. But he's part of the squad, and I'm sure he's going to have his he, moments. Is he? No, 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 wait, come on. Listen, about the slagging point, there's been a lot of criticism on social media. If you yeah, know, but criticism it's not, isn't it's slag not too not. difficult to find. But how can you say he's more often a liability than not? He's because not. he can't defend. Yeah, but he's not. He's not. Yeah, but we're top of the league, and it's working with him in the in the team. He's not. He's not more often a liability. He's obviously a very good player, but every now and again, he just has these moments where you just think, "Oh, crikey!" But that's not true, though. Because he's if Tom, like like said, if um, if he's, not, he's not. He's not. He's not a liability more often. No, than not. sure he is because he wouldn't have played today. If he wasn't a liability, he would have been one of the first names on the team sheet. If Tommy Asu's fit, Zinchenko doesn't play. Because defensively, he's a liability and Tommy Asu offers us more. Mm. Okay, uh, the debate goes on. Let's lighten the mood a little bit because uh, my friend wants to just have a quick say. Uh, listen to this. English Premier League. Manchester United. <laughs> Indeed, Manchester United, of course, pumped... By West Ham, another week, another defeat for Egghead. Long may it continue. I think we are all enjoying drinking up the tears of these United fans during the festive period. Go and sing that Cantona song, you absolute twats. I love to see it, mate. I love to see it, uh, my friend there. Um, oh, just I may as well have a weekly spot for him on this show. Um, let's go to Jake. Jake, you, you've been waiting so patiently since the start of tonight's show. What would you like to say, young man? Arsenal have got a point at Anfield. Evening, everyone. Uh, well, I mean, we go into the game, obviously, without a win since 2012. And then we go ahead inside four minutes. Uh, obviously, the Anfield crowd today, fair enough. Got to put my respect there. I mean, they were loud. They came all force. Klopp's 
words obviously worked. Um, so it was a really good t- uh, first 10, 15, I'd say. But then we kind of dropped off. Like we, I can't remember after Gabby's goal. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Did we really have like a really good chance to score? I mean, Saka put a few balls in across the box, but have that to Martinelli were nowhere to be seen. I mean, Zinchenko, obviously, after uh, El Boogie's uh, little statement there, we can't slate him after what he's done for us. But uh, like Wayne said, away against Salah, knowing his defence isn't his strongest uh, point. I don't know, man. Bit shaky. Well, listen, Jake, I mean, look, it's a point definitely gained, in my opinion. I think you're right about Jurgen Klopp firing up the crowd. You know, he knows that the Arsenal are back. He knows that we are a credible title challenger and he knows that, you know, we were going to bring the heat today and um, he had to do what he had to do. It was a tough game in the end. Either team could have won it. Both teams, you know, boasting the tightest defence in the league. We come away with a point. We play them again in the FA Cup at home, though, this time in a couple of weeks' time. And then, of course, the the return fixture at the Emirates early February. I mean, all things considered, mate, going into Christmas Day, top of the league, it's a great feeling and it's exactly where we want to be. Yeah, 100%. Obviously, I am very happy that we're in this position, as are many Arsenal fans. But, you know, like last season has to be in the back of our minds. We can't get complacent. And the fact is, last season, we were 8, 9, 10, 12, whatever it was last year at Christmas. Now it's only one. And Arsenal fans, you know, yeah, we top at Christmas, lovely jubbly. It's one point and it could all change. City haven't hit their best yet, which we're all waiting to see. Uh, Liverpool and even Villa are coming for the title. So I feel like, you know, games now, especially like the Sheffields, these games we have to win. We have, we can't be, you know, getting shit draws to Everton and like all that. We have to get the three points in the game where we can get three points and then... Worst case, we can, you know, get a draw to City or get a draw to Spurs. Like, you know what I mean? I completely feel you, man. Jake, before you leave us, who is your man of the match? Man tonight? of the match. Uh, for me, any of the three of the little triangle of Gabriel, Rice and Saliba. Personally, I think Saliba is he's on a different planet. I think the way he kept Gakpo and Nunes silent for the whole game was magic. Like, I know I'm thinking of one moment where the ball's coming over the top and he's just touched it down, then done a little shimmy, brought the ball inside. And honestly, one of the best players I've seen. Obviously, I'm a bit younger than you, Gav and Wayne, so I haven't seen, especially Gav, seen the Adams and Dixons. But for me, Saliba's one of the best centre-halves I've seen play for Arsenal at the moment. Cheeky. I appreciate that, Jake. Listen, wishing you, your brother, yeah, your family, a very happy Christmas, Jake. Thanks for joining us tonight on the on the post-match show and reminding us uh, of how young you are and how old we are. I mean, look, Gav's been watching Arsenal since the Herbert Chapman days. Uh, he's got a, li- a little bit more in the old innings. Um, we're going to hear from the gaffer shortly, but before we do that, Wayne, Gav, quick question to you guys. As the title race currently stands, who is the favourite to win the league title, in your opinion? Wayne, is it still City for you? Uh, yeah, you probably have to go with City just, but they're not really playing as well as they normally do. But they've got De Bruyne to come back. They've got now that game in hand, which will only take them three points behind. And if you say that City haven't hit anywhere near top form, and they're only three points off the top, you'd kind of be a bit worried about that. So, yeah, given just how much experience and and history they've got at the business end of the season, you'd probably have to say 
you'd probably have to say City just, followed by Arsenal. Then I think Liverpool are a little way off, but they're they'll be there or thereabouts until sort of maybe the final ten games, and unless they sign a defensive midfielder to to really shore things up a little bit, I think they'll they'll come unstuck. But it'll be interesting to see how they navigate the African Cup of Nations because we're obviously worried about how Party and and Tommy Asu going to the Asia Cup will will hit us but they're taking away arguably the best player in the league. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they navigate that. Mm. Gav, for you, away to City. Yeah, it's City. Uh, experience. The players they've got, the players they've got coming back. Uh, Harland, Pep. Yeah, City are still the favourites by miles. Yeah, and I think it was Wally earlier who was saying that he was confident that Arsenal might go on to win the league. I think that City have got 21 games remaining. It wouldn't surprise me if they won 16, 17 of those. Um, they're just that good. So we are going to have to wait and see. Right, before we go to MSJ, let's listen to what the gaffer had to say to the BBC after today's game. Well, Mikel, we enjoyed watching it. How was it for you on the sidelines? I did as well. It was an unbelievable game of football. Um, it was one of the most intense games that I have witnessed in 20 years in this league. Uh, and that tells you a lot about the quality and and um, and the level of the game. Um Credit to them as well, the way they played, they raised the level really high. I think we maintained it. I think many moments we were on top of it. And at the end, the results, yeah, in the last 20 minutes, we wanted more and we tried and we tried and we tried. But uh, probably it's a fair result. What a start. These starts against Liverpool are becoming common. Yeah, it was really important to start uh, the way we've done and, and we were very dominant and and we were really determined to try to attack them and cause them problems and, uh, and generate issues because a team that create so much chaos you know they are really vertical really direct and it's extremely difficult to play against them it's interesting that you say chaos so can you formulate a plan against that when you don't know what's going to happen and there are certain principles that you can apply to to try to control it better and, and to benefit because there are huge opportunities as well if you manage certain things well as well but uh, they are the best in the world and doing that it's so active the ball goes out of play in, in 0.1 seconds, the ball is there and they are in your box. Uh, it was a phenomenal match, I think. How important was it to get the crowd just quietened a little bit as early as you did? Because it was always going to be loud here today. Yeah, it was really loud from the beginning. You could sense that it was a special match and, uh, and they've done their bit as well to, to generate that. And um, that's it. I love that the players can handle this. You know, that shows real maturity and, and belief in the players that we come to the ground. We want to be ourselves. And, and that's not easy. That's easy to say, but very difficult actually to do it against a team like that. Mikelas is appraising his own training tactics, it feels like. You know, the speaker's blasting out, you'll never walk alone. Mikel, you take good credit for that, my friend. You have coached this team into a position where we can handle the heat that Anfield presents. I love that. Uh, but Wayne, on a serious note, he describes it as hectic, as chaos playing Liverpool. He describes it as being a very entertaining game. And it was quite a nice um, sort of engage between uh, Arteta and Klopp at the end. Klopp sort of, like if you if you lip, lip read, he was sort of saying, wow, 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 what a game to Arteta at the end. And I think they'll both maybe enjoy a drink tonight because it was quite the entertaining match for the neutral. Yeah, it was, and it's good to see them react that way to one another. Um, obviously, in the past, we've seen a little bit more fire, sort of fire between the two, and a little bit more uh, not anger as such, but more passion, and it's kind of riled up the the Anfield crowd a bit more. But I think games between us and Liverpool have always been entertaining, whether we're both good, whether we're both bad, or whether we're both in between. 
and there's a lot more sort of fun to go up against them. Not necessarily their fans, but it's a lot more fun going up against them than Manchester City, just because Man City games always tend to just be boring. Um, even if we win them, like we did this season, it was still a, a, a dull sort of tactical affair. But yeah, I'm glad that I'm glad that they were both sort of on the same page, and there wasn't too much sort of anger and animosity between the two because I love you. I love Jurgen Klopp. I would have loved him to be Arsenal manager all those years ago. And although the Liverpool fan base can be can be annoying, I think they're the the less of most of our our rival evils, if we could say that. Yeah, I think you're right. I've just read actually a stat here that no Premier League fixture has featured as many goals home and away as Liverpool versus Arsenal. 186 goals in the Premier League. Just goes to show, two of the biggest teams in England, six European Cups between us. What a great tie, This what a great rivalry these two clubs offer. MSJ, welcome to the show, my friend. What would you like to say tonight? How you doing, FK? How you doing, guys? Hope you're all good. Yeah, not too bad, my friend. Gearing up for Christmas, slowly but surely, but yeah. we are top of the league, my man. How oh, are no, you thinking mate. about Arsenal tonight? I'm just in the car with my brother Sundev. He's uh, treated me to the game. Uh, we're driving home, so it's been an, uh, an amazing day out to go watch the mighty Arsenal. Um, yeah, really, a, a really fascinating technical tactical game. Um, I think we played one of the best pressing teams uh, I've ever seen us play against. I mean, the intensity of Liverpool's press is just insane at times. And um, credit to the to the team, they they stuck with it and we held our own. Um, there were some moments when they scored. I felt like we were a bit like boxers on the rope. I don't know if that's just my emotions in the crowd, but I felt like you know we weren't we weren't quite as competitive. And then the start of the second half, making some silly. Uh, they were forced errors. I mean, they were silly errors, but they were forced errors from Liverpool and their ridiculous press. But again, like that last half an hour, we were just kind of on them. Uh, unfortunately, we just couldn't get that winner. So yeah. Uh, the draw is a fair result. I'm buzzing, mate. Merry Christmas. We're top of the league. <laughs> as, as people who have at the game, MSJ, uh, and uh, past my regards, regards to Sundev, there were two moments okay, where you must, have had, you, you, hey, you must have had your hearts in your mouth. One, the handball, which presumably would have been in front of you when Erdegaard kind of fell to the floor and, and handled it. What, what were you thinking at that time? Did you think it was going to be given through VAR? It, it was, for me, I thought it was going to be like that Saliba one from a few games ago when the ball come in and it inadvertently hit his hand. And it was just like that. It would just be given. Um, Sundev saw it differently. He didn't think it was ever one because player lost his balance and whatnot. Well, but, if, if you look at the replays, like the ball took a deflection. And as Erdegaard goes to change direction, he slips. And like he's falling to the ground. He's not making his body bigger. His arm's actually coming back towards his body. So I think, I mean, it, you see him given. I just think it would have been like a horribly harsh penalty to get given against us. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's one of those. And again, we could add a couple ourselves. Saka uh, down the far end when we were looking at it. Uh, should have gone down. Uh, he's too honest there. And the one right in front of us, and no, I don't know if it is one of Havertz, Trent just comes in behind and just bumps him. Uh, yeah, has, it, it looked, yeah, the, on the Trent one, MSJ, it looked like at the time when I saw it live, but when you watched the replay, it would have been very, very soft. The second one that I wanted to just pick your brains about was when Liverpool broke on us. Most are oh. racing away like the Red Arrows, and they went into that sort of formation. He plays the ball to Trent. Door. What are you thinking at that moment? Uh, do you know what? We, we saw a Rice there, <laughs> and we were like, if anyone can stop this, it's Rice. 
But then, like, in your head, like, I, I sit in the north bank, because sometimes when you see the teams break away and you know the ball's going to hit the back of the net, you know, that sinking feeling hit you. And it was one of those moments where you're like, oh, this is the moment where we fucked it. And I was so busy looking at Zinchenko on the floor, saying he's injured after, like, causing all of that. I was swearing at him. I'm not going to lie to you. Calling him, <laughs> you know. No, but also, did, I don't know if you guys know, did you notice Gabriel Magalhaes, as he's running back, he's pointing at Rice to go to, like, his left, to Gabriel's right as he's running back. Like, Gabriel Magalhaes, I think, was, like, in my opinion, I think he was man of the match today. Yeah. Sliba was quality. Rice was phenomenal. But Gabriel Magalhaes was, like, covering centre-back and left-back position was just absolutely sublime. And getting the goal as well in that towering header. Like, I'm shocked he hasn't got a shot. Maybe he has, but I think for me, Gabriel Magalhaes was man of the match. Yeah, he was targeted that whole left-hand side. Best channel. Sorry, you're getting a bit of a duo here, mate. That's all good, mate. We love it. We love it. Keep it coming. That that, that channel defending from Gabriel, mate. Oh, my God. It was phenomenal. I know Kanate did it down the other end, and he obviously I don't want to give him too much credit. He was pretty freaking awesome, Kanate was. But like seeing one of your own rise to it and be better, that was insane. I know Saliba was aesthetically more pleasing on the eye, but you know what you just need? You go away from home, you need a warrior. That's what we had there today. Like he didn't give no quarter, no inch, no nothing, and uh, yeah, got his goal as well. Uh, unbelievable performance from him. Um, I appreciate that, lads. Uh, you know what? You know what really touches me today, guys. That you are driving home from Anfield and you're listening to this, and you're dialing into this. Yeah, honestly, in the, it fills my the, heart, man. In the pissing also, FK. I sent you a funny little picture. Um, Wayne, you'll you'll appreciate this one. Somebody was sat in front of us at half time eating a box of Pringles. What flavour? You're gonna. Well, you have to guess. I said Wayne's gonna be happy, so. Oh no, Wayne's gonna be happy. I it was the green ones, weren't they? It was it was the brilliance of the green ones. I said I I, I I couldn't get anything out like during the match because the reception was terrible except for one message that went through to FK and it was a right. picture of this lad need, holding I, the sour cream. I need, <laughs> I, I need I need to check my tweets and I need to block you. Uh listen, MSJ, Sundev, really appreciate you guys taking the time out of your journey home to dial into the Latte Firm post-match phoning. That is wonderful. Have a safe journey home. I wish you all the very best for Christmas and, of course, the new year. Um, sometimes I can't believe it, Wayne Gav. We have people who tune in from all over the world. We have people who drive home from matches and they, they have so many radio stations and so much music to choose from, yet they choose to dial in and have their say. It's just wonderful. Uh, let's get to some of the tweets. Uh, I've not done that in just a while. Um Right, here we go. Uh, who's up next? Oh, wow, this is strong. AH, who is at SXIV Guardian, says, At Latte Verm, Zinchenko was the worst, in capital letters, player. Um, yeah, lots of knives out for Zinny tonight. Uh, Dukester, our boy, DK, at Dukester underscore 94, says, Latte Firm, we play Zinchenko in central midfield for 80% of the game. And when he goes to left back, he's far below average. We might as well just play him in a, a, center, a central midfielder in place of him. He'd offer more in the middle and about the same at left back. Or we could just play, now that Kai Havertz is missing, do we dare give Zinni a chance in that left eight position? I don't know. It's a crazy suggestion, but maybe... 
maybe that's something that Arteta will consider. Uh, Abdul underscore Ars says this draw will now give us the motivation in beating them at the Emirates. I think that game is going to be a cracker, both the FA Cup and the uh, league game in February. Uh, Richard Allen's come back into the messages and says that last FM Tierney could still do a job for Arsenal in Jan. I wonder, is there a recall option? I don't know. Uh, I've not sort of heard anything, haven't seen anything. I doubt sort of, you know, the, the average fan would know. Maybe there is, maybe there isn't. Maybe there's a way of bringing back Tierney and just having him in the squad and going out into the market and getting, um, you know, that attacking player that so many people have, have talked about. And Jake showing the love. Great call on Latte Firma as per on to West Ham. Come on, you gunners. Um, Gav, we have some very nice fixtures coming up in the league. Uh, if I just reel a few of them off, our next, our next eight league games, uh, West Ham at home, Fulham away, Crystal Palace at home, Forest away. Then we've got the big one against Liverpool at home in February, followed by West Ham away, Burnley away. Uh, and then there's another tough one at the end of February, which is Newcastle at home. When you look at those fixtures, Gav, I mean, I don't want to say it, but you know, are you, do you begin to get a little bit excited? Maybe certain, certainly the next four. I mean, West Ham home, Fulham away, Crystal Palace home, Forest away. They are very winnable games. Yeah, we should win them all. Uh but then I look at every game, really, uh, apart from today, thinking we're going to win it. Uh, it's a nice run. But as the Premier League shows you at the moment, there's no such thing as easy games. Uh, you only have to have an off game. It only takes a couple of moments in a game and, and bang, you've lost. So hopefully the players aren't looking at them as easy games. Uh, but they are all very, very winnable, aren't they? They are indeed. That's what gets you excited, right? It's the hope that kills you. Mike, welcome to the post-match phone in here on Latte Firm. Hundreds of you have tuned into tonight's show. If you're tuning in late, don't worry. You can get this on audio on Spotify and Apple from the early hours of the morning. But if you uh, are listening for the first time, please follow Latte Firm, the only place you can get these pre- and post-match phone-ins uh, on a match day. Uh, and if you like the sound of any of these callers that dial in, click on their profiles and join them too. Mike, I've just put you on mute. If you want to unmute yourself, welcome to the show. How are you feeling today? Hi, guys. Can you hear me okay? We can hear you loud and clear, my man. <clears throat> uh, yeah, uh, overall, happy with a point away at Anfield. Um, it was always going to be a tough game going to that place, particularly after Klopp's you know, rally and war cry uh, midweek after they played West Ham. Um, but to get a point, come away like we did, um, I'm pretty pretty happy with it, to be totally honest with you. Um, barring, you know, I'm not going to go on about Sinchenko. I've, you know, he's, he defensively, I'm, I'm not happy with him at all. But we'll just leave that where it is. Um, but to, 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 to come away with a point, um, it's, a, it's a good point. It's a very good point for us today. It is a good point. And when you consider the way the Premier League is shaping up, Mike, you know, Manchester City are still there in fourth. Liverpool now, obviously, in second. It's going to be a tight race, and Liverpool is going to be a tough place to go, as they've already shown. They have blitzed teams this season at Anfield. It is a fortress, and for the first time, I think, this season, we've reduced them to an XG of less than one. Yeah, I mean, you know, I thought, I thought defensively we were fantastic today, uh, apart from, you know, not going to say his name, uh, switching off in the um, first half. Um I thought William Saliba, Gabriel Magalis, uh, just like the, the previous guy said on the phone-in, I think it was MSI or MSJ. Uh, yeah, um, I thought those two were fantastic. Um, 
it's I'm torn between who's man of the match, but between Saliba or, or Magalis, really, or Gabriel. Um, you know, you could give it to either or. Um, they were solid today, um, absolutely brilliant. And Declan Rice had another, you know, another another solid game as well. Um, but I mean, you know, I think. Um, yeah, I, th- I thought it was a, I thought it was a very fast game. I thought it was a very intense game. It was quick. It was, it was, it was a bit like the boxing that's going down tonight. I'm not even a boxing fan, but I know there's two, two big fights going down tonight. But that's exactly what it was like. It was two heavyweights having a good go at each other. It was quick. It was intense. Um, the, the pace of the game was was ferocious really it was yeah really i mean Mikhail described it as chaos and, and, and hectic um yeah mike can i ask you a slightly different uh, question sure. obviously january is around the corner um we are it seems based on some of the callers quite tight defensively um we are a ping away from Declan rice being missing for a spell and obviously up front people seem to be talking or obsessed about a new center forward what's the priority for you if, we, if it's one player and only one player in jan what position would you want to go for? It's really quite difficult uh, to, to call that is. Um, in, in my head, I want to say a striker. Um, but then my heart's saying, do we need someone to cover Declan Rice? Um, could we bring in like, um, you know, a Jao Paulinho, for example, or um, I think the chap at... Um, Amadou uh, Anana from Everton or something like that to just shore up that midfield a little bit. Um, I like Jorginho, but I just think with how quick we play and the intent and and the pace that we play at, I think he actually slows the game down for us a little bit. Um, but it's a tricky one. It's a real sort of tricky one to sort of put your finger on. I mean, I'd love to, uh, you know, I'd love a striker to to come in, but. Who's really available? Um, I'm I'm not too sure. I think it would. Yeah, I, I I don't know. I think I think like you said. I think I think Rice could pick up an injury. Thomas Partey is not always fit enough. Um, how many games has he got into in him? And, and we lose him for Afcon as well. So, um, you know, it's it's it really is a tricky one. It is indeed. Listen, Mike, have yourself a great Christmas, my friend. A very happy new year to you. Thanks for all your contributions to the post-match phonians over the year. And we look forward to engaging with you in 2024. Uh, Nick, welcome to tonight's show. Uh, You joined us last night on the pre-match show. You called a draw. And today it was 1-1. What do you have to say? Yeah, I said, didn't I? Hi, guys. Um, If I forget to say, hope you all have a lovely Merry Christmas. Um, But yeah, yeah. Fantastic um, um, game to watch as a neutral. Uh, but yeah, I did call it yesterday. I said one all. Um, but yeah, I mean, um, we had a future. I think the disappointing part in the second half was, because um, I, I don't want to go over points that people have covered, but um, there were some disappointing parts that obviously comment, um, Gary Neville and Carragher picked up on, where Saka was running down the wing and there wasn't that energy to get into the box. like So, you know, that energy of like darting into the box because there were a few good crosses coming through and you're thinking if one just pushes, just goes that little bit extra mile, we could have put someone on the end of it and potentially snatch something. And delivery delivery from corners, um, once again, um, Trossard, I mean, obviously he's not the tallest of guys, so he's going to be taking most of the corners. But 
you know, we had some chances for some decent corners to go in, but we didn't really because we got we got we're a tall squad now, aren't we? So, uh, but uh, it's absolutely hilarious though watching. Uh, well, scary at the time, but fun, thankful in the end that it's a miss. But Declan Rice against five of them, uh, you couldn't have asked someone else. He was like sitting there, and um, I think um, uh, Timber must have been sending out one of his hymns. Uh, one of his prayers or whatever he, whatever he does to basically say, um, yeah, please don't score. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think um, overall, though, uh, looking, we're nearly halfway now. Uh, I think, you know, people can criticise Zinchenko, uh, but as I said, people, as I, I agree with a lot of people, he's not a defender. So that's, that, that's on Arteta. So Arteta chooses to play that way, as, as Gav said. Um, and yeah, I think in regards to, I don't know, in regards to the actual, the title race itself, I, I personally believe that Man City are missing that, um, Man City are missing that Gondwan and Mares. So if they strengthen in January and find that person that can snatch them a win, uh, then I think that, you know, they're, you know, I still think they potentially could be the favourites, but they don't have those match winners at the moment that they did have last season. I honestly, I, I think Liverpool might potentially depends on how far Salah goes into that competition because they seem to be relying on him a lot, and with with um, Nunes missing a lot of chances. Uh, but I mean, overall, I just yeah, I think the defence was really good, really solid. Um, the handball, of course, it's definitely a penalty, no doubt about it. But you know, we we we, we were arguing about one that we didn't get the goal against Aston Villa. Uh, so they, unfortunately, they do even themselves out. But um, but I would I said I, I said to you guys I said to you and Wayne yesterday that I'd take the point, and so I'm happy. Uh, we're top at Christmas, can't complain. Um, but I mean, one question I wanted to leave you guys because I, I was actually going to ask you this, you, you two this yesterday, but now we've got it's nice to have you back as well, Gav. Um, nice to speak to you again. Hope you're well. Hope you're selling your merchandise. Apparently, you said that you got really busy over the last couple of weeks. You so <laughs> you said you got really busy. Um, but no, um, the, the question I have is that um, over the last 10 years that we've had players at the Emirates, if you could bring one player back to play for us for the last part of this season, which player you bring back? So last 10 years, so go back to 2013, all the players that have played at the Emirates, and they could be playing in their peak. If you could bring one player back now to play in, in our Arteta system, who would it be? That is a great question. I really appreciate that, Nick, and happy, happy Christmas to you. The last 10 years, Gav, let's put you on this first. Bring back one player from Arsenal the last 10 years, not in the current squad. Who would you bring back for the running of this season? Didn't he say anybody who's played at the Emirates? OK, go on then, Emirates era. Well, Thierry Henry. No. In the last 10 years. In the last 10 years, who would I want back? It's so easy, surely. Come on. Nah, not many. Who? Nah, not many of them at all. Blimey. Well, Um, there's got to be someone you'd bring back. There's loads I'd bring back. Come on. What are you. you, Really? I don't know. I mean, oh, Jack Wiltshire. 
Oh my, that is just the worst. He has enough hospital patients as it is. We don't. That, is, so <laughs> that is just honestly. Wayne, come on, let's let's save the show here. Who are you bringing back? I am stuck between what? I'm oh, right. stuck between. I'm stuck between two. So I think the first Who's one would obviously be Robin Van Persie. Yep, absolutely fucking nailed on. Yep. Um, but but but. In a Mikel Arteta system, in that left eight position, I kind of want Santi Cazorla, FK. Aye. I kind of want Santi Cazorla to ball out in that left eight position. I mean, I see it, but nah, I mean, it's for me, it's so obvious, man. It's just got to be Van Persie, Alexis, someone who can just bang goals, play out wide, terrify defences. Van Persie, for me, was the most complete number nine. That last season at Arsenal, and that first season at Man United was just unbelievable. And to have him with Martinelli one side, Saka the other, oh my God. <laughs> just wow. Wow. On, Great question, Nick. Yeah, very good one. On the subject of players, though, I don't know if um, if everyone that was watching the coverage of Sky Sports, if you stayed on to watch sort of the post-match analysis or whether you went into sort of the fridge to get a cool drink to relax yourself. First of all, Theo Walcott, I thought, was an amazing pundit. I thought he's been brilliant. I thought, the, I think the start of his media career has been fantastic. Um, I thought his sort of point was interesting at the end of the game. They asked him basically straight up, if you, if Arsenal were to sign Ivan Tony, do you think they win the league? And he said, yeah. So that's a really interesting one. How is that interesting? Because he's gone sort of balls to the wall thinking that Ivan Tony is the one to take us to the Premier League, he just made, basically means a striker who can score goals. No, because, because came... they asked him about they asked him about a couple of strikers, and it was he was saying it's difficult to get anyone that can guarantee you goals. And then he specifically name dropped Ivan Tony, and I think there's a load of question marks about him. The fact that he's not played a lot of games, the fact that he's he's of a certain age, and has, he scores a lot of goals for Brentford, but a lot of them are penalties. I, I can't say for sure if we sign Ivan Tony that we will guarantee the Premier League. But Theo Walker was pretty confident about it. You got Theo Walker as your profile picture, Wayne. I can't take it seriously. I love him. Uh, I love Theo. <laughs> I know you love Theo. I love the Theo Sanya partnership, man. Every time Sanya would get that ball, just clip it over the top. Walker put the old afterburners on. Everyone would be stood up at the edge of their seat stuff. Oh, that little rush. Oh, I miss it so bad. Right, Mickey, see us out. Match of the day is due to start in the UK in a few minutes' time. What would you like to say, my friend? Welcome to the show. Thanks so much, FK. Amazing uh, show as well as usual. And, of course, I do want to shout out the greatest inverted fullback that never was, the one and only Desert Storm. I would bring back Carl Jenkinson just for the holiday videos himself. Absolutely <laughs> knocked them every holiday video he knocked out of the park. Um, thought he was amazing. So uh, I just, a few things, like, you know, after I calmed down a bit, like, you know, it's been so long since... I would watch Arsenal go to Anfield, like probably since like Thierry Henry, where I wouldn't be nervous. Like I wasn't nervous at all. I thought maybe like they would nick a goal and we would, we would lose, but I didn't have this feeling that we were going to get blown away like in years past where I was terrified. I would just sit there terrified, just like gritting my teeth like, oh God, when's it going to come? And, you know, I think overall, like, like people are saying fair point. And, you know, I think during this time when the African Cup of Nations comes, when Mohamed Salah is going to be away, you know, I think it's our chance to pick up points in Liverpool. I don't see anyone else that looks particularly tasty. Like, no, they didn't really have that many chances. And it really is just, like, brilliance from, like, probably the best right-wingers ever played for Liverpool with an unbelievable pass that gets through uh, Zinchenko, who's not really a fullback, and Arteta wants to play that way. You have to sort of 
you know, hold your hand up and say, okay, like if we're going to play this aggressive style, trying to win it at Anfield, we're, this is a chance you can get caught in the break. And that's okay. We, we take that. And, you know, overall, we're top at Christmas, boys. It's like we're halfway there almost. And I still think, you know, we're going to win the league. So, you know, like we've got Super Mick and uh, we're on to win the league. So let's enjoy being top of Christmas. And I'll see you boys at the top at the end of the season. Oh, I hope so, Mickey. Thank you so much for joining us tonight and for uh, your kind words as well at the start of the show about the show, uh, which I'm immensely grateful for. Still hundreds of you listening live, which is insane. Um, obviously, there's just the quick reaction video that's been pinned to this uh, to this space. Ten minutes of my thoughts straight after the whistle. We'll be back tomorrow, of course, with a late night latte at some point. It's Christmas Eve in the UK, but we have a dedicated team and we will be doing that on YouTube to reflect on the weekend's action. Wayne, Gav, um, Christmas Eve is upon us, my friends. Um, what are your plans for the big day? You looking forward to it, Gav? You first? Are you, in, are you in the kitchen? Are you chefing? Yeah, mate, I'm cooking. Uh, turkey and all the trimmings and all that, mate. I can't wait. Uh, looking forward to it. Got the kids some banging, banging presents. One of them being a drum. Uh, so really looking forward to seeing the kids opening their presents up. And, you yeah, know, just chilling, mate. Just chilling and having a good few days of it, really. Do you know what I mean? It's, uh, yeah, really, 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 really looking forward to it. Oh, I hope you have a wonderful time, Gav. Uh, enjoy the festivities and just enjoy the time with the little ones as well. If anybody wants to follow Gav, he's available at She War. Presumably the shop is closed now for Christmas trade, but you might be back in the new year with new merch and uh, sales as normal, right? Yeah, mate. Uh, still a few bits left over from when the shop went absolutely crazy a couple of weeks ago. So we're going to make sure that that's cleared off. Uh, and then it's uh, doing a nice little run of gym wear. So for everybody who's, uh, who, like me, is uh, uh, doing more exercise and going to the gym, etc., a little bit more these days, uh, yeah, have a look in the new year. Nice, mate. Nice. Appreciate it. Well, have a good one. Wayne, any closing thoughts from you, my friend? And how are you looking forward to Christmas with, first Christmas with your daughter, isn't it? Well, no, she's 18 months. So it's our first Happy Christmas with your daughter. Yeah, it's our first, I guess, that proper one with her, because obviously at, what, five, six months, she's not really as alert and stuff. Um, and she she was she's a lot more alert this year than she was last year. She's already been playing with stuff under the tree, but she's actually been more behaved and not ripping stuff. So um, looking forward to Christmas morning with her. Um, looking forward to the festivities over it. Obviously looking forward to to eating in the spirit of of turkeys. Fk, I don't know if you saw the message um, from our good friend Walid in response to players from the last ten years. He said he'd bring back Alex Lacazette. Oh my god. There's always one who just ruins the feeling. Uh, Lacazette. Lacazette. Lack of threat. Oh, my God. Lack of turkey. Yeah, just I don't, I don't even know. I haven't got the words anymore. If anybody wants to follow Wayne, he is available at Wayne's World 20 underscore. Uh, co-host of the excellent Can You Believe It podcast. We need to get Metro on these things, man. Um, don't know where he's at. He's, he's hiding as well from the FIFA battle. Um, I'm pretty FIFA sure he's having... He's having Christmas with his girlfriend today, so uh, a lot more interesting than than speaking to us, I suppose. Oh, that old chestnut, yeah, girlfriend, girlfriend. It's, it's funny, isn't it? His life just completely changes the moment he got a girlfriend. Uh, but yeah, if anyone wants to follow Wayne, those are his deets. Uh, Wayne, Gav, thank you for joining. Hope you both have a wonderful Christmas, and I hope everybody listening 
has a wonderful Christmas. Enjoy the time with your friends and family and your loved ones. You never know what's around the corner. So cherish the time. Enjoy the time. Um, think of those who don't really get such luxuries. And I wish you all a very, very uh, wonderful festive period. We'll be back uh, on the YouTube channel tomorrow night, of course. If you're uh, not into YouTube, that's also fine. And we'll be back with a post-match phone-in after the West Ham game on the 28th of December as we approach the end of the year. I think that's pretty much it. So let's leave it there. We are top of the league, ladies and gents, boys and girls, going into Christmas Day. Having got a point at Anfield, it's a good place to be. Bye for now.